good day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. So I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. The good news is now that we're more than two years into Michigan's new auto insurance law, rates are actually down, and they're down somewhat significantly. A new analysis from University of Michigan Poverty Solutions says rates have fallen by nearly 20% since 2019. Now for the bad news. Those rates are still the highest in the entire country, and the racial disparities that existed before the reforms, the really huge gaps between what people in the city of Detroit pay, for instance, and what people in the suburbs pay, those gaps have stuck around. So I think it's worth asking, has this reform, has this law been a success overall? Or has it been a failure? Maybe it's a bit of both. Or maybe it's really too early to make a permanent judgment, a serious judgment, about what these reforms will do. That is where we begin the conversation today. And we really want to hear from you, the listeners, about this question. Call and tell us what's different about your auto insurance since these reforms in 2019. Have you seen your rates fall? Have you made different choices about the kind of coverage that you want on your car and as a result are paying less? Also, give me a call and tell me what you think about these refunds from the catastrophic fund that is supposed to be there to help people with long-term care after auto accidents. We're going to pay out big parts of that to drivers, $400 per car um, uh, for each driver. Is that a good thing? Or should we be hanging on to that money for what it was intended for? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. And I want to welcome our guest for this conversation. Amanda Nothaft is Senior Data and Evaluation Manager at Poverty Solutions at the University of Michigan. She's also co-author of a new policy brief titled Building on Michigan's Auto Insurance Reform Law. Amanda Nothaft, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. So uh, this big news this week about auto insurance is that we're going to be getting this $400 refund check from the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association for a registered and insured vehicle. We're going to talk more about that news later in the hour with MLive reporter Lauren Gibbons, but I want to get your reaction to that announcement. It, I think it's great. I mean, everyone's going to be happy. We're getting $400 back. Um, but I do have some concerns Um, that catastrophic care fund is there to help people or to pay for care for people who have, who need long-term care because of severe injuries and auto accidents. And right now we've 
we've been hearing about all of these long-term care providers who provide care for these accident victims going out of business. And so my concern is we had a $5 billion sur surplus in that fund. Mm -hmm. When we give this $400 back to everyone, are we keeping enough in that, in that surplus or enough of that surplus to make sure that these long-term care providers can stay in business. And like that, so it's a balance, you know, we have this big surplus. Yeah, drivers should probably get some of that back um, because rates haven't fallen like we expected. And part of the reason the surplus is there is because the rates haven't fallen. Um, but at the same time, we don't want people who were injured prior to reform to not get the care that they need. So I, I do want to talk about the reforms themselves, what they were supposed to do and what they have done. But before we get to that, I really want to talk about how we got into this situation in the first place. As I said in the open, we have some of the highest auto insurance rates in the whole country. How did mm -hmm. that happen? How did Michigan get itself into that bind? Well, first of all, we were the only state in the country that had that required everyone to carry unlimited personal injury protection, which meant that if you were injured in a car accident, your auto insurer would pay for unlimited care to um, for those injuries that you incurred in the accident. Um, most states, you know, the most states have much lower limits. So having the insurers kind of pay out indefinitely um, and with no cap on that um, drives up rates. Mm -hmm. um, another reason is that there were no caps on the fees that health providers could charge the auto insurance companies. Um, so there was absolutely no cost containment on these fees that could be paid out in perpetuity. Um, so those two things together were driving up rates because the auto insurers had to, you know, make accommodations for these costs. Um, so that's kind of how we ended up where we are mm -hmm. or where we were. Um, the new reform um, has eliminated, eliminated that need for unlimited um, per personal injury protection or PIP. Um, and so people can get in, and there's different levels of PIP that you can get. Um, the lowest that you can get is 250,000 now. Um, so if you're electing that, that's the biggest cut you're going to see in your rates. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk then about the things that you believe have gotten better because of the, the reforms. What things um, are, are improved across the board? And talk not just about cost, but also talk about the access question that we had in a large, large way here in the city of Detroit. So many people 
who were choosing not to get insurance uh, because it was so expensive and were driving illegally, really, getting themselves into, into some trouble in, in many instances. Uh, what effects have we seen on all of these different dimensions of, of auto insurance since 2019? So um, prior to reform, um, the rates in general for Michigan, the average rate was about 3,100. So it's fallen 20% down to about 2,500. Um, in Detroit, we've seen a similar 20% drop from 6,300, um, which clearly is completely unaffordable, mm -hmm. um, down to about 5,100, which still is extremely unaffordable. And you know, about twice as what the statewide average is. Mm -hmm. So while fee, or the costs have declined in the city of Detroit, they're still just out of reach for, you know, the average person. Um, it puts a severe constraint on people's budgets. And have we seen more people sign up for auto insurance in places like Detroit because of this? I mean, uh, that was one of the goals, was to give more people an option. And, and if you reduce your coverage, of course, you can get even lower, I guess, than that new number. Are, are we seeing fewer uninsured drivers yet as a result of the reforms? We don't know that. Um, the data's not quite there. Um, the, you know, the auto insurance companies probably know, but that information, we, Poverty Solutions, didn't have access to that data. Um, we should hope that more people are insured. Um, but the reform is also taking, also kind of went into effect concurrently with COVID, and that's changed a lot of driving behavior also. Mm -hmm. uh, when we... When we talk about the difference in cost, you talked about that 20% reduction. Some people are able to achieve a, a larger reduction by giving up that coverage, right? We didn't used to have that yeah. choice. Yeah, and I mean, and some of some of that decline is because of people electing lower levels of coverage. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there's, I, I realize that some people see um, pluses and minuses of, you know, there's a lot of good that comes out of the unlimited PIP if you're injured. Um, but is that unlimited PIP necessary? Um, should auto insurers be health insurers is kind of a big question. Um, and you know, most, in most states, auto insurers are not health insurers. Um, you know, once you run out of your PIP benefits, health insurers take over. And we, you know, we don't hear that this is a horrible thing. Um, this is not making headlines that, you know, people who are injured in auto insurance or in auto accidents in other states are not getting the care that they need. Yeah. I'm talking with Amanda Nothaft, who is Senior Data and Evaluation Manager at Poverty Solutions at the University of Michigan. She's also co-author of a new policy brief titled Building on Michigan's Auto Insurance Reform Law. We're talking about 
these huge reforms that we experienced here in Michigan in 2019 and what the effect of them has been on rates, on access, on all of the different dimensions uh, of the discussion about uh, auto insurance here in the state of Michigan, which before these reforms was among the highest in the nation. Uh, we we want to hear from you during this conversation, especially how much are you paying for your car insurance right now? Is it affordable for you? Is it more affordable now than it was in 2019? Uh, and have you changed your coverage uh, since 2019? Have you reduced your coverage uh, in the way that was that this reform permitted in order to pay less. How do you feel about that trade-off, the idea that you might not be as supported or protected in the case of a really awful auto accident uh, that, that causes major long-term injuries? Uh, do you think the savings are worth the risk that you've assumed uh, to get those savings. Also give us a call and let us know what you think about taking part of this huge fund, $5 billion fund for catastrophic claims and using at least a part of it to pay out some refunds to Michigan drivers, $400 per registered and insured vehicle. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll include you in the show that way. Before we get to our listeners, Amanda, and we've already got a lot of people uh, ringing the phones, no, no shock there. Everybody really has a lot of opinions about insurance. Um, but I, I want to ask you one last question about the, the, how we're thinking about the reforms. Is it too early to be passing too much judgment on what we did and what effect it's going to have? And is it too early to be thinking of changes, tweaks we might make to the reform? Should we give the market a chance to really react to these reforms and all of the things that are that are happening before we go back into it and, and make another try? I mean, yes, there there's a certain degree that the actuarial models could adjust some more as insurers have more experience within the state. Um, however, you know, a lot of the insurers in the state insure in other states. And so their experience in other states should be informing their models. Um, new insurers will enter the market. Um, there are a lot of insurers who did not insure in the state of Michigan because of the unlimited PIP. However, we also can see experience in other states and see what other states did in reforming their no-fault laws and see that maybe there were better ways to do this. Um, we're also seeing this problem with the long-term care providers going out of business, which calls into question, did we cap fees in the right way? Um, and so there are things that we could tweak. Um, there's a good chance that part of the reason why rates haven't fallen so much is because that minimum PIP coverage is so high compared to any other state. Mm -hmm. New Jersey, that's the maximum level of PIP you can get. Um, 
the highest minimum of any state is 50,000 in New York state, which is also New York state's maximum. Um, so that gives you a sense. I mean, our minimum is five times any other state's minimum. Um, so that gives you a sense of how high our minimum is and how low it could possibly go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get to phone calls and social media comments from the listeners. Michelle in Detroit, uh, Vanetta in Detroit, Chris in Berkeley, Gretchen in Gross Point. You'll be up first. If you want to join them on the phones, 313 577 1019 is the number. Again, 313-577-1019. We will also get to some of our social media comments about auto insurance and continue talking about whether we have achieved something of significance with the 2019 reforms or whether we still need to go back and rethink the way we do auto insurance in the state of Michigan. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking this hour today about auto insurance premiums here in the state of Michigan. They were supposed to fall significantly after reforms in the legislature in 2019. They have for some people, they haven't so much for others. The question is why and whether we ought to go back into the legislative process to think about better ways to reduce what were some of the highest rates in the whole country uh, before those reforms. Our guest is Amanda Nothaft. She is a senior data and evaluation manager at Poverty Solutions at the University of Michigan. She's a co-author of a new policy brief titled Building on Michigan's Auto Insurance Reform Law. We want to hear from you about what your experience has been with insurance here in Michigan since 2019, uh, how much are you paying for your car insurance? Is it affordable for you? Is it more affordable than it was uh, in 2019? Um, also, what do you think uh, of these $400 rebates that we are going to get out of the Michigan Catastrophic Claims uh, Fund? Uh, $400 per registered and insured vehicle, but that means that money won't be available to help people who've been badly injured in auto accidents and need long-term care. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation that way. Let's start today with Vanetta in Detroit. Vanetta, welcome to the show. Are you there, Vanetta? Oh, wait, oh, I'm sorry, I muted it. Yeah, okay, Hello? go ahead, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, hey, hey, Stephen, sorry, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, good morning, good morning, Amanda. Listen, um, I just want to make a real quick point that, at least for me, the personal injury protection um, that I'm not paying anymore is because I have health insurance. And my health insurance, my health insurance provider has to, has to sign a certificate that says that I, my deductible is at least $6,000 a year and that they will carry the cost 
of the auto insurance injuries um, for so that my, my auto insurance doesn't have to carry it. So it's not a automatic um, dis, um, discount or an automatic reduction of fees for your auto insurance. It's only if you have health, at least in my case, it's only if I have health insurance. Yeah. And this year, my health insurance is, is sky high. It's like $700 a month. So wow. I'm opting not to have health insurance, but I can't. Or can I? Because that means I'll have to pay for the PIP in my own insurance. Right. So it's 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 still a debacle and it's still outrageous. Vanetta, and, I'm really glad you called and and shared that scenario with our listeners because I, there are a lot of people in the same in the same position, and I'm not sure that everybody is always thinking that way when they opt for less coverage on their auto insurance. Amanda, I wonder if you can talk about the the balance or tension, I guess, between opting for a lower coverage, lower level of coverage on the auto side, but then needing to beef up your medical insurance if you if you don't have that same kind of coverage there. Yeah, you're only allowed to opt out of the unlimited if you have you know health insurance that will cover with you know this six thousand dollar deductible. Um, I'm guessing that we're not sure what is going to happen with health insurance premiums. Health insurance premiums have been sky high for years and getting higher, you know, year by year. Um, And it is kind of, you know, is it six of one, a half dozen of the other? Um, You know, do you opt out of the unlimited PIP and is your health insurance rising? Is that why your health insurance is rising or is your health insurance rising just out of the natural increase that we see in health insurance rates? Um, It's probably, you know, who is going to do a better job at covering the costs of injuries in terms of, you know, working with providers to make sure you're getting the care you should get mm-hmm. probably a health insurer. Auto insurers are not health insurers. They don't have the same relationships with providers. They don't have the same sort of knowledge of the health system. Um, and so in some ways we're shifting, it is some cost shifting. Um, our, the health insurance companies probably are not all that happy about this. Um, but it's the more appropriate insurer for um, injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vanetta, again, really glad that you called uh, and shared that perspective with us. It's a really important part of thinking through what you do after these reforms, uh, after these reforms took hold. Uh, let's go next to Chris in Berkeley. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Hey, thanks for everything you do with the program. Really sure. uh, love love the show. Um, just wanted to kind of inject a, a little bit of my own personal disappointment uh, with the fact that we really don't have the opportunity to defer our payments directly to folks that uh, you mentioned, like the folks that have lost uh, p- payments for home health care or long-term care and rehabilitation. I, I mean, it, it seems like a huge missed opportunity from leadership to to be able to, you know, allow folks to do that if they want to, to be, say, say we want to opt out of receiving this payment so that other people can get care mm. and, you know, continued care. And 
I just I think that that kind of disappointed me when there wasn't oh. a motion to do that. Chris, Chris, would you do that? Would you forego that? Absolutely, absolutely. I would absolutely, without a doubt, because I mean, just recognizing like that four hundred dollars in from a lot of people going to those individuals will have so much more of an impact than it's going to have on my personal life. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's just. Yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. Chris, that's a really that's a really interesting idea, and and, and it's not something I've heard anyone else bring up. Uh, Amanda, no theft. Should should we be giving people the option of waiving that so that uh, we don't deplete that fund as much as they have decided to? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how common it would be for people to forego that four four hundred dollars. Um, the economist in me is very cynical um, of <laughs> of that. Um, and, and I'll why I'll admit, tell, tell me why. Um, it's we're all a little selfish, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And we're not really good about thinking of the um, collective or the thinking beyond good. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, for the greater good. I I can't think of any examples of what's going on in the world right now that's showing us um, <laughs> that this is the case. It's Christmas um, time, though, and maybe <laughs> maybe the spirit might move some people. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the legislature are, it's actually, you know, the governor and the catastrophic care, fu care fund, you know, they have, you know, they're paying this out of a surplus, um, and they're not paying all of the surplus. Uh, so the hope is that what they're holding back of that surplus will cover the costs of care. Um, some of the problem with the, you know, why these long-term providers are going out of business, this is not the insurers. Um, you know, the catastrophic care for and long-term care recipients are getting paid out of the catastrophic care fund, not by the insurers. Um, and these are only people who have, you know, medical costs in excess of about $600,000. Um, kind of the problem and why these, these providers are going out of business is the way that fees were capped mm -hmm. in, in the law. Um, while we have part of the fees are at 200% of the Medicare schedule, which is similar to a lot of other states in the workers' compensation system. But the, the fees not on the fee schedule were just capped at 50 to 75% of what they were in July 2019. Um, and I hope that someone on the legislative hill in the state looked at whether this was a reasonable level, mm -hmm. um, but we don't, you know, we don't know. Um, this wasn't a super transparent process. Right. Um, you know, other states have looked at, you know, they are, they try to aim to get at the true cost of care. Um, you know, New Jersey looks at a regional schedule based on prevailing fees and 75 of mm -hmm. uh, 75% of what the prevailing fees are in the region. Um, Pennsylvania similar similarly they're at they're limited to 80% of providers usually usual and customary fees. Um, you know 
New Jersey also allows providers and insurers to um, arbitrate when there's a conflict and we haven't allowed that. And, you know, allowing long-term care providers to arbitrate with the insurers or the catastrophic care fund about what these costs actually are to them would probably solve the problem of these providers going out of business and yeah. people losing their care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, Chris, really appreciate the call and the really thoughtful approach to this $400 uh, refund that, that, that you've come up with there. Let's go to Michelle in Detroit. Michelle, what's on your mind? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Good morning. Hi, Stephen. Yeah, my question is about, you know, just hearing about how Detroiters have proportionately overpaid for insurance. Having a flat refund of $400 a person, is that fair to Detroiters? And also, um, is it based on who's got insurance today or who did over the, the past? Yeah, great questions, Michelle. Um, uh, Amanda, let's let's start with this question of how the fund accumulated $5 billion in the first place, who pays into it, and whether there are differences you know, among among uh, drivers based on where they where they live and what their rates are in terms of how much they've contributed to to this fund, maybe that should have something to do with uh, how much people are getting back. Yeah, um, when you buy unlimited PIP, and you know historically, um, a set amount of what you're paying your insurance company goes into that fund, and so people aren't paying proportionally based on what their insurance rate is. It's just a flat fee. And I, so I think that's the logic behind why everyone's getting the same amount back. Um, is it fair? I, I don't know. Um, you know, why, I think understanding why rates are higher in Detroit versus the rest of the state is, you know, I think that's the unfair part hmm. of of this. Yeah, yeah, and and who's eligible for the four hundred dollars? Uh, Michelle's asking whether it's people who have insurance now or who have had insurance. What if you had insurance up until October thirty first and dropped it for some reason? Would you would you be eligible for this four hundred dollars? I don't know. In in the you know press release and things that I've read about the rebate, they don't really address that detail. Um, it seems like it should go to anyone who had insurance in a set time period, um, you know, the last five years, um, you know, since the surplus was accumulated. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Amanda Nothaft, it was really great to have you here with us for this conversation. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Okay, we're going to take a break. and When we come back, we're going to continue talking about auto insurance. We're going to talk with uh, Lauren Gibbons of MLive, who has been covering this issue in Lansing 
for a really long time. We also want to continue to hear from you on the phones and on social media. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Call and tell us about your auto insurance experience here in Michigan. Is it better than it was in 2019? Is it worse? I've heard a lot of people talk about how they feel like they're paying more. Call and tell us what that is about. Also, tell us what you think of this $400 rebate from the Catastrophic Claims Fund. you think it's a good idea? Are you going to relish in that $400? Or do you think that is putting too many other people at risk? We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.